All right, we are here. This is the Primetime Angles Radio Show with your boy, the Primetime Capper Pop DiBiase. And I got a special guest in the building with me tonight. He's a hockey expert, and I said tonight, man, it's the afternoon, it's the mid-morning, it's the it's the, it's the the uh, power hour meetings and all that good stuff, but this is the Primetime Angles Radio Show with your boy, the Primetime Capper, and I got Cody Jansen from uh, the World Hockey Report in the building with us tonight, and he was... He just could not wait to get on the show, talk some Stanley Cup for us and everything like that. And he asked me right before we went on the air, did I have a play last night? And yes, I did have a play last night. I handed out under five and a half last night on the uh, under. And then um, pretty much Philly Pete handed out a whole bunch of um, Bruins bets. And then he had the under as well, too. And I literally said before Pete went off the air with me that, you know, I love the dogs, bro, but I'm just going to keep it here. So literally, I was hitting the people. If they wanted to know what side I would be picking on, if I wanted to pick on a side here, Cody, it was on the blues because they just because they was the underdog. Nobody was picking them. Nobody was trying to be on that side. I think that what the Bruins got about 80 percent of the bets last night um, and literally just flop act last night dude and you saw you saw it coming literally after the second period bro I, I told Jeff we were talking for a little moment there after the first period I said there's no chance the Bruins are gonna win this game the Blues are playing way too hard right now like they came well, I, I called it I called it on Sunday's uh, podcast I knew the no I just, I just had a good feeling you know the, the Blues bounced back from from losses and so you got a kid like Biddington and that he's been just I mean, he's been a stud. Same with Ryan O'Reilly, like four straight goals in the finals for the NHL. Like, just think that hasn't been done since Wayne Gretzky. Ever heard of him? I mean, like that. He's a he's a hell of a player. Obviously, it just they had a special group this year. Right. And let me run something for you, and I'm gonna get when Philly Pete gets on the air. I'm gonna run this stat for him too. Did you know going into this, the Blues were not a heavy favorite team at all. Like, at all, all throughout the season. Okay, they opened up, meaning as soon as the Cup ended last year, you opened up. They opened up at 40-1. to 1. Started the season, they were 30-1. to 1. New Year's Day, they were 300-1. to 1. Valentine's Day, they were 40-1. to 1. And when we got to the playoffs, they were 16-1. to 1. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you gotta, that's why you got to play hockey, man. I did a $400 ticket that, uh, like, 250 to one or something like that cashed himself out or maybe it was maybe it was more than that maybe it's like 300 or four and cashed himself out and i saw 100 g's so not a big uh, not a bad day for him and you know he didn't touch the ticket he let it stay where it was at and you know what pretty much that's what happens when you go ahead and gamble on some future give a future a chance you know and uh you wind up coming up with um big results so, all in all, what did you think of the series? Does it, what does it weigh up into your classic series for uh, Stanley Cups? It's got to be up there, like seven games. Come on, that's any hockey fan's dream. That's all you can ask for. Obviously, I mean, overtime would have been crazy, but let everyone's heartbeat a little bit more. It was just a good series. It was back and forth. It was physical. I mean, it's everything you want out of a final series. Really, we're, we're getting spoiled this time of year. Like, we got a good NBA Finals. It's not like... You know, one team's a heavy favorite and it's done in four or five games. Like, you know, it's a dogfight. And that's the exact same way it was with the Blues and Bruins. Like, they, they matched up perfectly with each other. And I saw that, too. I think it was a match. It was a perfect match. And it was already a crazy playoff as is because there was a lot of upsets. 
So with the Blues winning, I think that it should have gave everybody the idea that was watching hockey throughout the whole playoff stretch that the dog was going to probably be the winner of this thing. And what's so incredible about the uh, Blues winning the uh winning the uh, Stanley Cup as well too they won three home they won three road games to the one home game three road games and they were the biggest road games you could possibly win game two game five and game seven wow that's incredible eh? like I mean you know there's obviously a lot of pressure at home but man like they just dialed it in on the road like they're in the garden which is one of the tougher barns to play in I mean Boston they're, they're not getting off easy well I felt like they really, really took the soul out of that arena after the first period. When when they scored that second goal with about eight seconds left to go in the uh, period, that literally crushed everybody who was betting under one and a half. You know, everybody had this idea Boston was going to come out and just be a house on fire to start the uh, game off. It never came to fruition, ever. And I felt like the Blues were playing as if they was only up one zip the whole game, or they was down 0-1 the whole game. And that's the difference between being a champion and just being a participant. And the Blues did everything possible was to become a champion last night. You want to know why they won? Go ahead. You the hockey expert. Break it down. Yeah, you want to know why they won? My thought on that, 73% of their team's Canadian I mean, you know, you got former Fort McMurray oil baron Colton Franco, Jay Bolmeister, massive defenseman, Alberta boy. You got Jaden Schwartz, Braden Shen, that's my former roomie, not a big deal. Brandon Weeking, shout out, little Shen, lifting the cup now. Saskatchewan boys. Like, I mean, 73% Canadian, they had it in them to win. They knew it was getting it done. So it doesn't even matter if you plan for a team in the state of, in the country of Canada, as long as you just on a team and we make it a Canadian light team in America, they can go ahead and win a cup. It's Cody Jansen giving me that angle right there, y'all. Y'all gotta look into these things before y'all begin going, um, you know, drinking the juice too hard, you know, because I think that Vegas is starting to become way too much of an easy pick for everybody. I don't think that they're gonna be that good next season. I like it though. I mean, it's, it's, it's always fun where, you know what, the, the NHL, anything can happen, right? That, that's what makes it so fun. It's not like the old Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron where you just knew they were going to win every game. No, it, it, hockey's such a toss-up. I mean, Frick, you're ripping around on ice with knives on your feet and that puck's bouncing all over the place. There's just nothing like it. I heard that, brother. I heard that. All right, well... You broke. You gave us your Stanley Cup, and you went ahead and you confirmed that on World Hockey Report on Sunday. You guys made sure to listen to that show. And what time does it come on? Just to remind the people. Monday afternoon. Monday, Tuesday afternoon. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. I thought that you, the you had it on Sunday. I'm so sorry, bro. What you call it? Um, hey, no worries. No worries. All right. So Monday, Tuesday, you guys make sure. And it's not just about the NHL. They got all you guys covered with everything that has to do with hockey. And if you guys are looking for some sharp bets and everything like that, they don't really sit down there giving out sharp bets, but they're just pretty much giving you the angle of where you need to go to, okay? So you guys make sure to listen to the World Hockey Report. And Cody, go ahead and uh, break down um, some plays for us for the uh, U.S. Women's Cup. Oh, the World Cup. I like that one because, oh, man, I mean, talking about my bet way book is going to be pissed. Crushing it right now. I got three units on Brazil to win at 3-1 to one this morning over Australia. 
They're up to one and a half. Not a big deal. Thank you very much. Uh, big play, though. Okay, this, is, this is a crazy one. Well, I'm going to give you a whole weekend parlay because I hit my first two parlays, so I'm feeling good about this one. So I'm going to give you a big angle right now. All right, listeners, get your notepad out. Yeah, yeah, get your old pad out. That's for sure. So tomorrow, you're going to go with Japan in the morning, Italy in the afternoon, and England in the afternoon. So there's your first three. Just wait, we got four more coming. Saturday, definitely hit Netherlands and Canada. Those two, walk wins. And then on Sunday, you got Sweden over Thailand, USA over Chile. That's a massive parlay, seven teams. You know, you, you probably cash a vote five to one or so. I believe that's around where mine was. So it's a pretty good one, and I like it. I mean, if you're, you're thinking to, to chuck a couple of shackles on that, not a bad, not a bad way to go. And you know what I sell here on this show? Who's the best dog bet out of any of those teams? If you want a good dog bet, honestly, one of the teams I did like how they started out this tournament was Scotland, but I just think Japan's got a little bit too much. Maybe if you're thinking about a single game, I'd go Scotland and Japan for a draw, so for a tie. I mean, that might be one, but Japan's pretty fast. Like, you know, they got a, they got a quick team. So there's no like team that you think that could just have a defining moment and just cause us. Well, it's, it is pro, it is pro sport, so it is possible. But um, you know, there's no team that you see out there. I think if you're looking at futures for the for the tournament, two dogs that I do like, like obviously everyone's gonna go towards the USA's or Canada's, but there's two dogs. I like Germany. I, I really like how they've been playing. Also, I mean. France is looking pretty good. They're on home soil. You know, they seem to be getting some favorable calls. Not that I'm going to point out the wrestling, but, you know, that win over Norway should not have happened. But, I mean, man, if you're looking at futures for a dog to win the tournament, to upset the American, to upset the Canadians, I think Germany or France is probably a safe bet. Oh, okay. I like it. I like what I'm hearing, brother. I like, I like that. Okay, and what did you think about the big... You know the big uh, fallout over the 13-0 victory uh, by the American women. Do you think that that was just a little bit over over zealous, or do you think that people just the media was blowing it out of proportion because there was really no story there? It was just a, another uh, opening round blowout for the American women. What, what do you think? What, what was your your take on this? on this one, I'm glad you brought that up, I totally forgot after uh, last night, long night, that was a fun one, but okay, they got three kinks on this, the Americans, they run up to score 13 nothing on Thailand, I got nothing against scoring, I mean, you're supposed to score, that's why you play the game, if you're going to talk goal differential, do you really need more than 10, I don't know why, you would just get 10 goals and play keep away for the last 10 minutes of the game, like, that seems to be a respectful thing to do, but who am I to say it's the World Cup, so I'm not mad about the goals. I will have celebrations there. I mean, you, if you're going to be celebrating when you're up 13, not them doing the airplane, jumping, you know, little scissor kicks in the air, I mean, why are you going to try and embarrass your team, or the other team, when you're up 13, nothing? That's just, that, that's not cool. Like, honestly, you never teach a kid to do like that. Like, you're not going to showboat when you're playing the 50th best team. You wouldn't see LeBron go and dunk on his kid or go to an AAU game and start dunking on kids and celebrating like he's going over boogie cousins. Like, it, it just doesn't happen. You gotta have some class. 
And then for the American players to go out and say it's a gender issue is why the media is calling him out. I think that's the, the, I mean, the farthest thing from the, the truth. Like that, that's literally they're just trying to stir the pot. And you know, so there's a couple of takes on that. All in all, I'm not against uh, them running up the score, but the celebration. That's not classy. I mean, score your goals, go line up, keep playing. Well, I know you're not going to like this, Cody, but I always say the winners can do whatever they want. The losers need to go ahead and figure it out. You know what I mean? And, true. and, and, and the winners, if they want to dance on you, that should motivate you. It really should, but I do feel where everybody's coming from. You shouldn't. That's like being up 70 zip on a college football Saturday and you still dancing in the end zone, but there will be guys still dancing in the end zone. You know what I mean? And the thing is, it's just because people were so happy about the score. And I just think that, honestly, I feel like they did this kind of on purpose so they could have somewhat of a story that's not just talking about their play. They trying to bring some interest to the Women's World Cup, and they did exactly that. That's how I'm feeling. Cody, it's all it's all a business. It's all entertainment. You know that, brother. All right. And my man's sitting right there in Canada and um, literally... This country is on the brink of insanity if the Raptors are able to pull it off tonight and win their third game in this series in Oakland. Now, let's all remember they are 2-0 and in Oakland right now, and the home team has only won once in this series. Cody, what's your uh, take on this one, bro? You just stole my Oakland line. They're 2-0 in Oakland right now. That Oracle, it's not a tough building to go in. And I think the, the biggest thing here is the, the Raptors and their fans are living rent-free right now in, you know, Draymond Green, Boogie Cousins, Steph Curry. I mean, they're living rent-free in their heads. It, it's all over. I mean, the Raptors, they're, they're going on the road. They play better on the road. They're going to grind out a win. I mean, yeah, I'm going to start to pick up his pants and, you know, you can't expect guys like uh, you, Lowry, Kawhi to stay quiet for another game. I think that it's going to be a tremendous game tonight. It's going to be, I know I'm going to get way more into it in a bit, but I really do think that we're on a, we're, we're looking, really looking at history right now. And the way that things are setting up, it looks like that we're going to be finishing up this thing on Sunday. But I would love to see the Raptors win this game tonight because they could catch everybody slipping. But the line is pretty much telling me that it's it's teetering towards a Warriors close win tonight. Because the 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 numbers not moving on on the Warriors. You know they're at minus one fifteen for their, the to win the game, and the the cover is minus one twenty. You know it it just keeps going up. I would say everybody played scoreboard again tonight. You know they're making they're making it real easy, and this is a prop that I'm gonna throw out a little early, but I'll reiterate it again for the people who aren't listening live as of yet. But um, I like the um, Raptors to go over 51 points in the first half. It's a good bet. I like it. I like it. They they shoot a lot better on the road. That's that's uh, that's a big thing for them. I do believe they hit the over in the first half twice, when then games three and four. So. You know, that, that first half, it's a, it's a little bit of a different story. I think they got a lot of nerves when they play at home just because that Toronto barn is so rambunctious. Like, I mean, holy shit. It is crazy there when it gets going. Like, that, that's just an atmosphere that the NBA has never seen before. And that's why it's so special at Toronto the finals. Ah, uh, man, and I love it. In Jurassic Park, it reminds me a lot of uh, some good years in Toronto that was a very, very long time ago. 
I know you're going to laugh at me when I bring this up, but it really reminds me of when the Blue Jays went back to back. The way that the fandom is about, you know, getting this title and how the country is really, really, really behind their team. And I think that's a uh, something that you can really go ahead and rest your hat on if you're a Raptors fan, if you're a member of the Raptors, that you got a whole country that has your back. And ain't no doubt about that. So, any final no, words, Cody, man? I, I know that totally you... Huh? out because they did beat him by double digits both times in Oakland as well too. Uh, well, actually, all three times they beat him by 20 the first time around. Whoa. And what? They beat him by 19 in game three and they beat him by 11 in game four. You know, hey, seriously, this should be a pickup. But, Cody, I know that you, you're a busy man. I only got him for so long, so we're going to go ahead and take this quick commercial break. We'll be bringing in Philly Pete to get his two cents and I'm going to ride on him, uh, Cody. I'm going to have to get him. Thanks, Pop. Appreciate it as always. All right, brother. Always a pleasure. You have a be, uh, You guys, make sure you stay tuned. We are live right now on 12 Ounce Sports, and this is the Primetime Angles Radio Show with your boy, Pop DiBiase, the Primetime Capper. And you guys can go ahead and follow Cody uh, Jansen at where? Go ahead, Cody. Janet31 on Twitter. We'll talk to your report as well. All right, and then um, we can uh, also World Hockey Report as well. You guys have been, it's always a pleasure, brother. You guys stay tuned. We'll be back. Hey, good work, Cody, man. Thank hey, you business so much, owners brother. and leaders, this is Chris America with an exciting message for you. We are back. This is the Primetime Angles Radio Show with. Yeah, boy, the man himself, Philly Pete, and the boy, the primetime capper, Pop DiBiase. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. What's going on, Pete? You know I'm going to have to get in your butt, bro. And not like that pause, like Cam would say. But, brother, what happened last night, man? You got, you got some explaining to do with this Bruins thing, man. Hey, man, that, I think the whole world was in Boston last night, man. I really have no explanation. Um, you know, just uh, from the show yesterday, I do recall saying that if anybody from the Blues had to show up, it had to be Jordan Bennington, the rookie goaltender, had an outstanding season and playoffs. And I believe I mentioned the player of the game would be Ryan O'Reilly from the Blues, and I believe he did lift the Conn Smythe trophy last night. So um, I was right on a few things there, and boy, did they show up last night. They took that crowd out right away from the bat. Um, first 10 minutes of the game was very good, back and forth, as expected. Very, you know, defenses showed up, and then, you know, you got a couple quick goals. And uh, next thing you know, after the first period, it's 2 nothing. 
St. Louis, and, and, and everyone's everybody everybody's just stunned. Right after that, after that goal with eight seconds left in the first period, um, that, 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 that was that was the uh, that was the nail in the coffin for me at least. But um, St. Louis, St. Louis hoisting the cup, um, they did everything they can. They 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 converted as much as they did after they after they realized how embarrassing it was to lose at home in game six they they woke up and um and they said this is it you know they might not be in this predicament next year like this is it like we're doing this for the fans we're gonna go into boston we're not gonna be scared you know you know record has it history says that game sevens always belong to the home teams i mean it's 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 a it's a uh, it's an unwritten law and it's it's always been there and uh st louis said you know we're not gonna let this happen you know, we're, we have way too many fans in our home base. We don't even have a football team anymore. You know, we got to do this for the whole city of St. Louis. And, uh, man, they, they showed us some sort, of, some sort of willpower. And, I again, like I said, man, Bennington just showed up. As, as a rookie goaltender, I can't believe how astonishing he's been the entire postseason. And what can I say? Hey, they took our fly- they took the Flyers they took the Flyers boy Craig Berube as a head coach. Flyers were dumb enough not to keep him and go from last place in December to first place. You know, to making the playoffs in the postseason and um, here they are winning the Stanley Cup. Um, it's awesome. It's, it's a great story. Um, this was the year of the dogs. I, ha- I have to say this play- this postseason has been one of the best I've ever seen. Um, you know, like I said, Columbus getting knocked out early. I mean, uh, Tampa Bay getting knocked out first round. Calgary getting knocked out in the first round. The two top seeds in both conferences getting ousted by the wild card teams. You know, right then and there, I already knew that this was going to be an awesome playoff. You know, um, well, and what can I say? You know, you saw Carolina come back in it. And again, Rob Brindamore, another flyer. Um, you know, taking these teams that you wouldn't expect to be there and... and and they're there um and uh you know david versus goliath it was you know like i said since game one i said this is boston st louis you have boston the city of champions versus st louis who is a two sports city you know and the, the fan base they have compared to boston is just a huge landslide and no one was given no one was given the blues a chance besides those people that that took them to win the to win the cup in the playoffs or before the season started um it's awesome. I, I loved everything about this postseason. One of the best postseasons I've ever seen in a very long time. Um, and, and and like I said earlier, it was the year of the dog, and the dog cashed. And uh, you know, the boys, the boys came to fight, and they delivered. And David beat Goliath. And you know, we're not that Boston. Uh, that Boston little sign is going to keep going now. So it went from 115 days or whatever. It's going to keep going now. So we don't have to worry about the. Uh, you know any of that nonsense anymore so congrats to the blues they surprised us all i'm glad they won they deserved it uh, a rookie goaltender doing a job like that is unheard of and, and he delivered and uh you know I, I i couldn't be any happier for that city right now all right philly p let's get down to this real business what went wrong with the bruins seriously because yeah. you was happy on them last night what went wrong with them? let us know we, yeah just they didn't show up they, they got like I said that first period was was two nothing that game was over. They had no chance, man. They, that whole entire fan base was just uh, they're quiet. The they fans don't play. The players need to play. They, they do. 
Yes, yeah, the players they got didn't step up. What happened? They, they, they just didn't yeah. get the memo that that was the final game of the uh, season? Yeah, I guess they realized it was uh, game five, and they didn't really care. Right. Um, the whole uh, the whole Big Poppy uh, motivation speech beforehand, I guess, didn't really get to them. So, um, you know, they just, uh, they, they didn't, like I said, the first 10 minutes was great. They were, they were playing good hockey, but, um, you know, I guess history was wrong for once, and they just, they just didn't show up. You know, down two nothing at the first, I knew it was over. You know, they just got outplayed. They got out hustled. Their defense wasn't there. Tuca was letting up goals. You know, St. Louis wanted it more. They absolutely wanted it more. And you know, again, like me and and pretty much the entire world was on Boston. And uh, you know, it's we're okay. all wrong. So it happens. it happens. But it happens. But it doesn't hurt the fact that you know, for the end of the season. I am up over 83 units, and that is one hell of a season for me. I couldn't be any happier. So, you know, we, we couldn't hit 90, but we hit 80, you know, we hit in the mid-80s, and then until next year, we'll, we'll, we'll be back. We'll be back. All good. You know, what you got with pageantry anyway. It was the final game of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, I just had to just mess with you a little bit, because what you got, I know that we probably had a bunch of listeners like, I'm just doing what the listeners would have did to you, but it's all good, man. What you got it? You know, somebody lost their rent last night. But it wasn't because Philly Pete told him to do it. It's because the world told him to do it. All you people were on the... Everybody was on the bros. And as I said before, I didn't want to pick a winner, but I always love a dog. What I was hitting towards is pretty much... If you... Trust trust St. Louis. Because for some odd reason, I just didn't feel like Boston was going to win that game. I just... But I just wanted to watch. You know what I mean? I didn't want to say, hey, they're not going to win the game. Because it was such a topsy-turvy series... I just felt like the Blues was, like you said, they were so embarrassed about not winning at home. They weren't even close at home. They got into this game, and they said, once we get the lead, we're going to play like we're down 0-1. We're going to play like we that like there's only two minutes left in this game, and we down. And that's exactly how they played. And I saw it coming in the second period when I said, damn, they can't do anything right now. The Bruins was literally getting checked, knocked over every fire at every at every at every turning point. You know, the Blues was doing what they wanted. And you know what? Rightfully so that team won. And peak this, Philly, peak, peak this. This team opened up at 40 to 1 last year. Then the start of the season, they were 30 to 1. Then on New Year's Day, they were 300 to 1. And then on Valentine's Day, they were 40 to 1. They got to the start of the playoffs, they were 16 to 1. By the time they got to the sixth, by the time they got to the second round, they was plus 650. Wow. 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 And this team, I literally, like seriously, they were a strong bet if you did bet futures with them. Uh, literally, even if they would have lost last night, you would have been like, damn, we got close. But that's the damn lottery ticket right there, boy. And uh, Blues came through. If you get them at the start of the playoffs at 16 to 1, wow. wow. Yeah, no, that's, a nice, that's, that's some nice, that's some nice <laughs> dollars coming your way. Yeah, no and, complaints at all. And Philly Pete, man, don't get mad at me. I know I just keep, I, I I just keep razzing with you. But <laughs> look, last night, I thank you guys very much for not scoring too many runs last night. Phillies did lose two to zip. Um, I have the under nine there. But what happened there, Philly Pete? That's why Bryce Harper's not on the All-Star team right now. Yeah, well, I didn't know that Harper wasn't playing. So, um, you know, he uh, it was like a little game-time decision. He didn't play. He, he took the night off for 
rest, and that was like an hour before the game started, so I had no idea. Um, but they just looked really bad. They had nothing going on against a, uh, I mean, Arizona Diamondbacks, they, Diamondbacks aren't even that good of a team. I don't even know what happened. The passes were silent all night. They had, what, three, four hits last night, the Phillies. That was really it. Probably the quickest baseball game I've ever been at, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it, it was just, it was really just not, just not there. Eflin, I mean, he only gave up two runs, and uh, like I said, he's been he's been pitching pretty well. And I mentioned that yesterday too. That's why I like the Phillies. But you know, as as hot as the bats have been, you know, the Phillies could at least score like four or five runs against the note against you know the Diamondbacks pitcher, um, and they're already struggling team as is. But man, that was uh, that's that's the thing with baseball. It's unpredictable. You just don't know which way it's going to go. And you know, unfortunately, I was on the wrong side. But hey, you move on. You're right, which God. But you know what? It's crazy because a lot of people, um, you know, the Diamondbacks were struggling, but it's crazy. This is crazy right now. The Diamondbacks actually won their last seven out of eight games. Yeah, they, swept, they swept the, uh, the 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 Blue Jays over the weekend. They beat they got you guys two out of three, and they beat the Dodgers uh, before they went to uh, Toronto. So they've been playing some pretty good baseball, man. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. And, um, they got Zach Greinke on the mound tonight. I'm going to get more into that a little bit later once I yeah. talk about Major League Baseball and everything like that. But um, the U.S. Open is coming up this weekend. Petey, you got any uh, futures that you like with that? For uh, tennis? For, for, uh, for golf? Yeah. Uh, I'm actually doing my homework with that, but I will I, I will definitely be tweeting some stuff out about who I like and a couple futures for that. So just stay posted on that. Tigers ten to one right now. I saw that too, which isn't a bad bet. It's not a bad yeah. bet at all. Tigers ten to one. That's not bad at all. And, uh, I had him in the Masters. I had him in the Masters, and he, and he, and he cashed me out. Yeah. Mickelson no, yeah. is thirty to one at it too. Wow. That's so, even better. Yeah. That's not. That's not. Would not be a bad. A bad bet at all. You know how Tiger can be. Mm-hmm. Well, whoosh, tell you, man. It's been it's it's really 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 great that you were able to get people all those wins this season, and uh, pretty much you know last night we were able to, both able to get the under five and a half, so that was good. But the funny story about that last night was that I'm watching the game in the fourth period. They get up three zip, and I say, okay, cool, three zip. Then they get up four zip. I say, cool. Then I look up and the Bruins empty the net with like three and a half minutes left. And I said, what the hell? Why are we doing this? And then the Bruins score a goal. And I'm like, why are the Blues doing it? You know, why are they, you know, I'm literally like, why are they let them score goals? You know, what's wrong with them? And why is uh, Boston empty the net? You lost. Get over yeah. it. Get over it. You lost. Back. You're not coming back. And literally, I've never seen a team come back from it when they empty a net ever. So I, I think it's I know it's probably occurred, but I ain't never seen it. So no, me neither. No, that, that was ridiculous. So you guys aren't coming back on four nothing with three minutes left. Like, no, just not up, at all. Give up already. It's done. It's right. Done. No. Team won, and, and that was it. Right. Exactly. All right, Philly B, give me a take on the NBA Finals tonight. All right. So uh, here we are, last game at Oracle. Uh, you know, I. Uh, it's nice to see. It's a shame that uh, you know KD is going to be out, and uh, but the addition of Clay, we see what he can do, and he's been you know he's been effective, obviously when he came back, which was nice. And it was a nice lift for Golden State. Um, listen, man, I, I've been riding 
I've been riding Toronto all series, like I said, the past couple shows, and uh, I have Toronto still at plus three, which I'm leaning at, but I just think tonight, I think we're going to get our game seven. Um, I think last game in Oracle, I mean, they got to come out with the win, Golden State. They, they, got, they can't lose in their last game in Oracle and have Toronto... And Toronto lift the trophy at their, at their, you know, at Golden State for the last time in Oracle. Like, I don't think the fans want to see that as their last stomping ground um, before they, 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 uh, before they forego with Oracle. So, to me, you know, I think, I think Toronto is going to be another close game. It could be, you know, again, one to three points. Um, Toronto, I think, will cover because they've been covering a lot this whole series. Golden State, I think, will squeak out a win, um, like, like Game Five. And, you know, they can't lose for the last time at a level. Um, it's just, it's just, like I said, it's just, it's like, a, it's good, it's a strict rule. You know, when well, your team is done, you can't lose. You can't lose at your home court for the last time ever playing there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Raptors, like I said, are they're, they're more than worthy of the NBA title. Um, and if they can somehow manage three uh, road, road wins in the finals against the Warriors, it's crazy, it's crazy for me to see. Warriors losing three games at home in the finals. Um, you know, even if it's defending champs, like even though they're like you know uh, hampered by uh, injuries, um, you know Golden State still managed to get you know he got a game five without KD. Um, you know in Toronto last game as we saw, um, the Raptors dominated the previous two games in Oakland as we saw, and uh, you know the move is going, and um, you know it, it's. Like I said, the, the, the opening was at four, dropped to three. Um, you know, now you have a third straight chance. You know, Toronto could win three, you know, three games in Golden State, which I, it's really tough to do. Um, so I just think somehow, some way, Warriors, you know, they find a way to win, and uh, like last game, and in their final game at Oracle, and it's just, I just, that's just how I feel. Um, you know, it's it's tough, and uh, you know, the Raptors left the door open. Um, for the series with the game five meltdown, um, Toronto again. It's just it's just tough for me. It's just tough to win three straight at Golden State, let alone the last game in Oracle. So for me, I want to keep riding with Toronto, but I think Golden State wins this game by at least three points. All right, there it is. Philly Pete goes ahead and gives you his play for tonight. He's saying it's going to be the Warriors. They're going to be more than the two and a half than that they are tonight, and. Uh, he says they can't lose because it's the last game in Oracle. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Ain't no promises, man, just because it's the last game. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no promises at all. Promises. All right. Well, Philly Pete, brother, I know that you got, you're busy. You gave me uh, your time and everything like that. I'm glad that you went ahead and uh, gave us your two cents on the Stanley Cup. You guys make sure to follow my boy at the real Pete Tooch. Just put in PT on the uh, Twitter, and he'll go ahead and he'll get you situated and everything like that. Make sure uh, to keep following though. He's gonna have you guys uh, very game tight when it comes to the fantasy football for this year as well too. If you need the daily fantasy, if you need the season fantasy, Philly Pete got you. All right, this is the Primetime Angles Radio Show with your boy, the Primetime Capper. Uh, Pop DiBiase and my man Philly Pete, and we will be back in two and two. All right, all right, Philly. All right, brother. I know. Just enough to keep the lights on. 
So go to www.12ozsportsradio.com and navigate to our sponsors page. At the top, you'll see the Amazon banner. Just click it and go shopping. Have a great day. Welcome back. This is the Primetime Angles Radio Show with your boy, the Primetime Capital Pop DiBiase. And I got the Don and Ken Cod in the room with me, Mr. Jeff Dawson. How you doing, brother? How's everything going? Well, we survived the storm. Actually, we've got about two inches of rain. I don't know if that rain was predicated on the loss of the Bruins, but uh, it's been kind of dreary here on Cape Cod today. Uh, but we survive, as you would say, right, Pops? Right. We will survive. Oh, <laughs> and I'm still looking at banners on the side. You know, we will survive. Come on, man. It's okay. It's all right, Boston. You don't need to win every title. Seriously. You know, you got the most, you got two of the most important titles, man. The World Series, one of the, the, one of the prettiest trophies there is. The Super Bowl, the Lombardi, the God trophy of all the sports now. Come on, man. What more do you need? What more do you need, Jeff? Well, well, well you know, I'll say this sarcastically, you know, it's been almost 130 days since our last championship. Right. And, you right. know, duck boats, parades. But I, I say this with the all honesty and truth. Okay, when I was growing up, you know, we weren't spoiled like these guys have been for the last two decades, obviously because of the Patriots. And then, you know, the Red Sox finally broke serve in 04 uh, and have won three titles. Uh, the Celtics stepped in and the Bruins have also stepped in. So I think it, it was 12. Uh, this would have made it 13. But the point of the matter is... Uh, when you break down and crunch the numbers, the Blues were the better team. They dominated the five-on-five, even strength play. The strength of the Bruins was the special teams and their power play. Bennington absolutely stood on his head last night and stole the game. Uh, The Bruins cannot give up that goal with eight seconds left in the first period. I mean, I said on our alert at ECSI, the key to success, obviously, was scoring goal number one and number three. Stay out of the penalty boxes, which they did. But the point of the matter is it was the Blues night, and they took it, you know. Uh, as an ECSI member, all our guys are, you know, smiling ear to ear. We gave out the plus 650 after round one. Uh, so w- we were very happy with the outcome. Uh, so I can't complain. I mean, it's part of the business. It's just the way it is. Uh, I had one of my clients reach out to me and say, so sorry for the loss. We're happy that, you know, obviously we cashed the ticket. And as I told him, and as I'll tell all the listeners, in this business, to be successful, a long, long, long time ago, I checked my heart and my ego at the door. They don't cash the tickets. So, uh, uh, you know, the Patriots, you know, there'll be a million times we go against the Patriots here. We go against the Celtics. We go against the Bruins. We go against Chris Sale at Fenway Park. He's won one game this year. He has not won a game at Fenway Park in the regular season since last July. So, you know, you got to pick your spots. Hockey's over. Game seven tonight. Uh, game six tonight, I'm sorry. The NBA could be over after tonight. But we're all as well in my world. All as well. 
Well, yeah, Jeff, man, well, we, looks like that we're off live right now because my iPad decided to go ahead and, um, go ahead and actually say to itself that I'm going to update myself as we do the show. So, well, it's all good. We still got the uh, recording going. So I just went ahead and let them know that pretty much you guys will be, you know, if you miss, if you listen to it live, you won't be missing the show. We still got everything recorded up and everything like that. So we'll have it for you guys in a minute, in a moment. But, um, that was an awesome take, Jeff. I'm just saying to, I'm just thinking to myself, I say, Boston, you've been beautiful when it comes to championships and it's like deservingly so because like you just said you guys went so many years without any without any well you had the Celtics winning but I'm talking about right after 87 you know after the Celtics won their last one or 86 I mean the Celtics won their title then you just went kind of dormant for a while until Boston got into what the uh, Red Sox got the World Series right now for no, no. I think we stole one when the Patriots beat the Rams. Right. Let me. What? What the hell? I'm so sorry. The uh, Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots be in the in the most unexpected win of all time. Because you know, literally, everybody just couldn't wait for the Patriots to lose that playoff. You know, Jeff. It was like, how the hell did they get the buy in the playoffs? They're not that good. Okay. Lost, the fumble game happens. They're not that good. <laughs> I lost twenty five hundred dollars on the. The Rams, the best show on turf. I was at my parents' house with my two stepbrothers. We're all holding hands. They have no idea. And they're all, we're sitting there as Venetary lines up the field going dead center, you know. And I got tears rolling from my eyes. And they're like, they thought it was tears of glory and joy as I just lost $2,500. Right. And I'm like, uh, uh, no, but uh, I, you know, and the young kids, the millennials, they, they're just so spoiled. I mean, they expect this. They didn't go through what my grandfather and my grandparents went through. You know, I'm a diehard. I bleed Red Sox and just the pain and misery. I still feel the, the kick in the stomach in 03, the 13th, the 14th, and whatever, when uh, the home of the Yankees hit it in game seven. Uh, and then down three games in 04, I thought we were all done. You know, the Yankees had just beat us, I think, 13 to nothing the game before. I thought it was over. Uh, and then, as you would say, the rest is history. And listen, I, I, the Patriots thing is funny because I, I'm an underdog guy like you are. I like rooting for the, you know, the, the, the dogs. I like the story. I mean, it couldn't be a better story than the Blues right now. But the point of the matter is the Patriots, you know, in Bill We Trust, Anything he does is the right way. Well, there's been a million things he's done wrong. And then, you know, the, the, the spy gates and all the other cheat gates that they have, deflate gates. And, you know, now Bill, again, you know, with the, the spar issue, uh, you know, they just take it to court. They fight it till even if they're guilty. And they are guilty. And that's why I just been off that train for a long, long time. Uh, I, I told you, had about 30 people here on the Super Bowl against Seattle. We got Seattle money line, two of us, and 28 others are all rooting for the Patriots. And, you know, first and goal from the three, and, you know, just hand it off here to Marshawn, and we're all set. They pass, and the rest is history. Yeah, there goes another couple thousand. But anyways, just, you know, it's like life pumps. This is a good life lesson. 
when you start taking things for granted, that's when life is passing you by. You know, you, you, you start settling and everyone just expected it. it's the Bruins versus the Blues, you know. There's no doubt we're going to win. Well, it's obvious who the better team was. So, congrats to the Blues. That guy that invested $400 and won 100 grand and didn't, not once, not once did he edge it. Man, luckiest man on earth right now. I hope you take care of some charity or something. Do something nice because that, that that's a one in a million shot right there. Uh, but life's good, Pops. Life's good. Well, this should be. And look, let's get off this uh, hockey tip. I'm over it. We're done. It's through. Bye-bye, hockey. See you sometime in the fall. All right. <laughs> let's go ahead and talk some NBA news real quick. And then we're going to take a commercial. Then we can get into the finals, Jeff. And then we're going to talk. Then I need you to give us some. Uh, then I need. I'm going to throw out some fun stuff on um, some MLB betting that's been going on this week. It's hilarious, too, Jeff. Um, especially last night's bets. Uh, with the dominant uh, sides. Incredible, Jeff. And when, when you see the stat for tomorrow, for, from last night. All right, NBA new Kyrie Lee's longtime agent for Rock Nation. It's the beginning of the end, Jeff. Rock Nation is probably one of the worst agencies you can go to. It's just a namesake because Jay-Z runs it. But it seems like they never do anything well at that. Des Bryant joined up with them. You know what happened to Des. Um, who else joined up? There's been many boxers who've joined up with them. They've had some pretty bad deals occur after that. Haven't even been able to get back into getting championship fights. Or they got a guy that's right now actually sitting there um, pretty much in a pretty bad shape. And uh, they haven't even cut a check. No medical bill, no nothing. That man, he was signed to a very, very big contract with them as well, too. And they literally don't even, they, they haven't even paid attention to him. So, uh, Kyrie, best of luck with that, buddy. Um, this just goes to tell me that they're getting very, very close to um, going to uh, Brooklyn with this thing. I think that Jay-Z can uh, influence him, but Jay-Z, I have to remember, he's more like a Magic Johnson for Rock Nation just to fit the face of pitch, man. I think that uh, the decision's going to be made by Kyrie, but he went to somebody who's going to probably be real staunch in negotiations and things like that. But um, I'm really thinking that he's going to stay in the New York area because their offices are in the New York area. And I know that, you know, we've been saying you know, a reunion with LeBron. But I think that with the idea that Kimba Walker is going to be leaving Charlotte, don't you think that Kyrie would want to beat him to the punch to say get to the Knicks or maybe get to the to the Nets so he could take a little bit of this attention? But I'm really still thinking that he would want to play for the Knicks. The Knicks seem to be a very popular choice for a lot of players right now. Jeff, what are your thoughts about Kyrie moving on from um, his longtime agent and now going an uh, agent that did a lot for him, that let him be a baby a lot, and now he leaves this guy to go to an inexperienced group that'll be able to really go ahead and negotiate a really, really, uh, I would think, great deal for if he goes to Brooklyn and a, a, a okay deal if he goes to L.A. What do you think, Jeff? Well, I, as soon as I heard the news, my first instinct, again, Jay-Z and uh, Brooklyn, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I think it's another way of Kyrie... Uh, you know, and the brand. I always put it's Kyrie basketball and brand in my name. 
in my understanding when it comes to Kyrie and that's just the way he focuses. yeah basketball is a part of his life but it will not be his life uh you know always worrying about the next picture deal yada 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 so uh I think high profile I think it's a bad move personally but you know these guys Kyrie is an odd duck he really is and uh uh, you know, with the KD news out for the year, uh, I thought, you know, we've talked at length about him going to the Knicks, or at least I have. Uh, you know, I thought that was a done deal. But the more I leaned uh, earlier, about, about four or five weeks ago, you know, the news with the Lakers thing, I don't know why he would sign this agent and then go to the Lakers now. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's like you said, it, corporate is in New York City, Manhattan. Uh, Brooklyn, Jay-Z, it just makes a little too much sense to me. Uh, I if, if I had to play a ticket right now, I'd lean Brooklyn. If, if you ask me today, uh, I'd lean Brooklyn. Yeah, because Brooklyn came in as kind of like the dark horse at first. Then they kind of were like, oh, Brooklyn's kind of attractive now when they started winning games. And then Brooklyn got really, really good when you said that you know, they got some money to uh, burn. So, literally, I think that you're on to a good point. I think Brooklyn's the call because Brooklyn will be able to accept the BS. You know, Lakers don't have time for that. The Knicks, honestly, they don't have time for it either. They really don't. The Knicks already did went down this road, believing in, in native New Yorkers to bring the team back after they were dominant in other NBA cities. I, I eat Carmelo Anthony, you know, and, you know, they're looking for guys who want to win basketball games to get to the playoffs. They're not looking for guys who are just trying to get into the city and make sure that they become a, a very good New Yorker, you know what I mean, and be all into the nightlife and do all the fun things that New York is, is built, is, is that New York's built on, you know, and I just really do feel like what they have to do is, they have to just let him go to Brooklyn. Brooklyn's perfect. Go ahead and take now, 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 my question to you with this situation is, isn't isn't D'Angelo making a ton of money? Um, Here or elsewhere? No, for the, D'Angelo's playing with the Nets, correct? Yes. Okay. But Does he's he he, a he's a free agent, though. No, not yet, but he, he's, he is searching. He, I think he is... Uh, chiming for one, but I think he's willing to stay if they're going to be able to bring in uh, Kyrie. Well, but that's my whole point is, uh, I thought one of the stipulations was if Kyrie went to Brooklyn, they would want to move Russell to free up a spot and space and money to bring in a second star. So maybe a Kemba Walker, but don't you need to trade for Kemba? Or is he a free agent? Kimba is an unrestricted free agent, but he has the opportunity to sign for $221 million to the Hornets. I think the Hornets will want to get a discount on that. They don't want to give him, they, they no, they're not going to give him $220 million. You know, that's, I'm not saying that he ain't worth it. It's just that there's no point to doing that. You know, with a team that knows that their, their future is not in winning championships, their future is actually in trying to build a championship team. Could they do it with Kimball Walker there? Yes, but Kimball Walker will have to accept a certain amount of money. Now, I did go ahead and um, we talked about it yesterday um, on the show. 
but there is some rumblings right now that Ky- uh, that Kimball would be very up to pairing with LeBron in Los Angeles. There's some things that have to happen for that to occur, and the way that the uh, table is getting set up right now is quite possible it could happen because if the Lakers are to move the the package for AD, and I know you're going to get into the Celtics on me in a moment too because it's an arms race between the two, but if the Lakers were able to get the package for AD, that would really that would that would cinch in bringing in Kimball Walker, and that would be go ahead and ease my nerves and and give me uh, uh you know give me something to to take the loss of Zoe Ball, a guy who I feel is very very important to the future of the Lakers. The, the key guy that they can't lose on this deal is Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma has proven that he's a Laker. He loves being a Laker. He'll even show up at the Lakers side stuff. He loves being on the team. This is the only team he wants to play for. He's so happy that they believe in him as well, too. So, literally, there it goes. I really do feel like if they're able to land AD, Kimball Walker should be on the way. But I think Kimball Walker could be on the way still if they're not to land AD, even though I know it will be a, a, a conundrum at the point guard position. But you can have Kimball actually play the two guard on the offensive side of things or, you know, have him switch off a little bit. You know, it, it all depends. But I'm thinking, though, if you bring AD, Kimball comes for sure, then they're going to be able to add another uh, you know, above average player for a low price because once you bring in AD and Kimba, then the the pieces will start evolving and start falling into place. But that's what I see. I really do hope that though that the Lakers figure out a way to get Kimba Walker to LA. Honestly, even though I would love to see Kimba at the Garden, I've been asking for Kimba at the Garden for years. But Kimba to and Staples is just as nice. And would you know I would love it as well too. But I really do think his perfect fit is with the Knicks and with KD not being able to be there right away, you know, well, we can't say he's on the next yet because that has to happen because he can still opt in, take the $31.5 million, take a break, make them pay for all his medical bills and all his rehab and everything like that, and just take a break, come back to the Warriors in February, try to go for another championship, or just call it a season and just uh, sit out of here, but... I really truly think though that KD's gone. He'll he'll be with the Knicks. The Knicks do not mind him being hurt. They did the same thing with Amari Stoudemire. They don't mind. They don't care. And if they were able to bring Kimba and KD, oh my goodness, the Garden will never be the Garden will be crazy come mid 2020. I mean fall of 2020. That's all I can say. But um, that's it. And that's all. Talking about KD. Surgery was successful, Jeff. Um, good for him. I'm glad that the surgery was successful. He should be back, and he should be back. And I won't say better than ever, but he'll still be a very dangerous player. I don't know how explosive he'll be, but he never was really that explosive. And then um, also, uh, before we go to commercial and everything, Cavs hire Lindsey Gottlieb, uh, head coach of Cal Berkeley. Jeff, what do you think, what's your thoughts about that, a female uh, coach coming into the NBA straight out of college? What was the, I did not hear that news. What is the news? Uh, the Cavs just hired uh, Lindsey Gottlieb, who's the head coach of Cal Berkeley. Yeah. And 
Alright, she's the first ever female coach they've hired straight out of college. Hold on, they hired her to do what? To be an assistant coach like Becky. To be a... Okay, and, and, and because also, because I wasn't on the show yesterday, uh, yesterday or Tuesday night maybe, uh, Swin Cash got hired by the NBA team to work upstairs, correct? Uh, yeah, what I'm here, but Swin Cash is really good, though. Like, she really no. knows NBA basketball very well. Gotta leave, though. I'm just thinking that, you know, you got Jim Bayline coaching the um, Cavs, and I don't know what they're trying to do there uh, in um, Cleveland, but I don't think Cleveland's worried, too worried about winning, though. And I'm not saying that because it's a female coach or anything like that. I'm just saying that it seems like that they, 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 they're getting a coach that can build up uh, another lottery team. In my opinion, <laughs> if if they want to keep him that long, well, see, I don't know anything about her. I do know that the San Antonio assistant coach, she's good yeah. as in regards to she's earned her stripes. And then again with Swin Cash, I'm not not absolutely stud. Uh, your college WNBA sharp as attack. Obviously, this is the way some of these people are. Uh, the NBA starting to go. So I know nothing about the Cal Berkeley coach. Uh, so I, I really couldn't comment because I don't want to say something where I'm like, it just it's kind of an odd move. Uh, but I also thought Beeline and the you know the NBA also was an odd move. I I I said this and I will take this to the grave, Pops. What these guys see and coach the NBA, uh, it, 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 the, the leagues change. It's a star-studded diva league, and I just think maybe I'm wrong, but I just look at the college game and the kids. And yes, you're dealing with a lot of egos there as well. And there's another game inside the game when it comes to the AAU, the sneaker deals, the hush money to get the stars there. But it just seems to me, and the recruiting, I mean, once the season's over, the recruiting, I get it. But it just seems a lot more glamorous and more enjoying and more beneficial in the long run. And if you're good at it, you can make your mark a la Krzyzewski, a la Roy Williams. Uh, the star, you know, I think Brad Stevens made a bad mistake. That You know, you can make a legacy in college, put it that way. Well, I agree. I agree. Okay, and one more thing. We don't have to talk about the Knicks being too aggressive in free agency because they're being monster aggressive. They say they want to get a shot at Kyrie. They want AD, Jimmy Butler. Kibble's going to get a call. Kyrie's going to get a call. So they are working in New York to bring a superstar. I really don't think that that's... I think they only need one because they're going to get R.J. Barrett anyway at number three. R.J. Barrett has already proclaimed himself the best player in the draft. And you know what? I think that I can kind of agree with him on that because I thought that he was going to be the better one of the NBA uh, players out that group. I know that Zion gets all the attention. It's funny. We haven't talked about Zion in weeks, Jeff. In weeks. Seriously. But that's okay. That's okay because we don't have anything to talk about because he's going to NBA uh, purgatory. New Orleans. Can you think of this as being a Nick fan? And we were just obviously at MSG a couple weeks ago. Think about this. Before the draft, before the ping pong balls, you're saying in the back of your mind, this is the last year we have to deal with this. We're getting Zion. We're getting KT. And we might get Kyrie. I mean, season tickets, I mean, that would have been the talk of the town. And now 
they not getting Zion. If they get KD, he misses all next year, and they got R.J. Barrett, who I like. I love R.J. Barrett. We've been talking about that for a while. Yes, Zion's the consensus number one, and Morant, obviously, I think will be a great NBA guy, but ready to go right now, and I think that can immediately impact and help a team, it's R.J. Barrett. That's not even a question for me. And uh, stunt, and I think he's going to make a great NBA star. That's it. It's like that, and that's the way it is, man. Seriously, so that's a good analogy. I think that the Knicks are already in a good spot, and they don't have anything to worry about when it comes to the future of the Knicks. They're in a good spot. A lot of people want to help the Knicks get back. The Knicks are this year's version of the Lakers, where people are like, "I want to play there. I want to play at the Garden." But then they see, but just because the people that are saying this, they really enjoy. Playing, you know, playing and hanging out and in New York City. Right. So, literally, what's going on with Bobo? Bobo uh, seems and to be the, and the and biggest so question mark for the draft. For the draft, I think Bobo is going to be a pretty good big man when it comes to being very serviceable. And I think that with him being kind of doubted, it means that he'll be dropping to the 15th, 20s, and he'll probably get on a team that's going to be on the verge of being a really, really good team as they move forward. I'm thinking a perfect spot for that guy to wind up at, even though they kind of are crowded at the center position. But I think that it would be awesome if you paired him with this uh, player right here. If you got him on the Kings with Marvin Bagley, those guys could be something incredible. Seriously. So, I'm thinking about Bobo as being the surprise pick in the NBA draft this year. And um, I really like what I see with this kid. I think that him getting hurt, that wasn't a big deal because he's about to leave the school anyway. So, now he has to go ahead and prove himself all over again. But him being seven foot three, four, it, it, it really helps out his advantage a little bit. So, I really do think that... Bobo will be exceptional when it comes to uh, NBA basketball the first uh, few years of his career. I think that he's an B type, but he'll be the type that's going to be healthy right away, and then he'll pay instant dividends for whatever team picks him up. Jeff, what do you think? I know that there was one mock draft that had him slide to 14. That's the Celtics spot. Danny is slivering right now if he slid to 14. Uh, uh, but with that being said, this seems like a lot, he's picking up a lot of steam. I can't see him sliding that far. Uh, I think he's going to be good. i obviously disappointed getting hurt. Uh, you know, was it middle of the season he got hurt? Uh, is that good? It was later. It was almost the last two months of the year. So, okay. and that... And then the team still was a really good team. They just had the shock value of him not being there for a moment. So what occurred was is that they kind of would have a slide. But regardless, we said the Pac-12 was really bad. But in honesty, the Pac-12 was really good. You know what I mean? It's just, it, was, it was just, it was just really, it was just, it was, it was just, they didn't have a dominant team this year. And that's where everybody had their issue at with the Pac-12 is that they didn't have a dominant, dominant team. All right, so 
pretty much with that, we're going to go ahead and take another quick commercial break, and then we'll come back and we're going to talk some NBA Finals. All right, we'll be back. This is the Primetime Eggers Radio Show with your boy, the Primetime Captain Pop DiBiase, and the Don and Cape God himself, Jeff Dawson. And we'll be back to you in a moment. And just know the show is brought to you by TwinSpires.com. All right, we are back with the Primetime Eagles Radio Show with your boy, the Primetime Capper Pop, DBIC, and the Dinah Cape Cod himself, Jeff Dawson. I know you guys are tripping like, damn, you just went from a commercial to the Kevin Knox interview. I don't know what's going on this morning. And I'm glad that if you're listening to me live, that you guys are back listening to me live. I know we are off the air for about five minutes, but you will catch that part of the um, show. Um, on the segments once you go ahead and listen to it on Anchor later on today. Uh, you know, I know everybody can't listen to the show live, so it's all good. It's all good. Uh, Jeff, NBA Finals tonight. Let's go ahead and get into it. I got everybody else's take on it, but, you know, you my partner in crime, Jeff, so we break it all down, and we break it all the way down. All right. Game, game six tonight. It's going to be one of those games, Jeff. It's going to be a headache for both fan bases because now you're getting tense, Jeff. You're getting tense. This is a tense series. I know that. You know, Raptors fans were had the the champagne in the hallway. The trophy was making its way to the the trophy was literally sitting there at the edge. The moment Kawhi they went on the 10 up 10 2 run, Kawhi hits 10 in a row. Everything's literally there. Then you look up, 9 0 run. Glass Brothers Vintage. And then you find yourself looking up. It's 106-105. They got to take the plastic off. They got to make the team wait up for a moment. They got to move everything back to where it was at. That's the agony of defeat right there. It truly is, Jeff. That is the agony of the situation. And literally, now we have game six. I think tonight this game is going to be one in the first quarter. I know no game is one in the first quarter. I know, I know. But I think this game will be the tell-all, tell-all once you get to the first quarter of the game. If you get the Warriors to start off the way that they did game five, they should win the game easily. But if you can get Kawhi Leonard started early and he scores say 14, 15 points to start the game off, oh, the Raptors are, the Raptors are, are in business. It's such a tough game, Jeff. What's your take on um, everything tonight going into the game? I think it's kind of funny. I'll tell you what. I haven't had this feeling in this whole series. Game three, game four, <coughs> Vegas Vegas flexed their muscles and had that line open up at six and slowly let the public chip it away. Five and a half, four, four and a half, three. Uh for game three and four, and we both know that Toronto came in and won both those games. What ECSI's been able to do is been able to be on the right side excuse me, of the first halves. We've been dabbling in the first halves, and we've been on the right side take the points out of play, been dabbling on some money lines. Now, heroics, hats off, Golden State, splash by us. 
you staved off elimination. KD is now officially done for the season. You're coming back home to the Oracle for the final game. The final game. Win, lose, or draw, it is the final game at the Oracle. And what does Vegas do? They open the line at four, steadily going down. Currently, as we speak, two and a half, soon to be two. Now, initial thought, what you just said, there is exactly what you called. You called it. Which team is going to flex his muscles? Is this, are you, I mean, listen, when's the last time you got Golden State minus two for a, a full game? Which, again, anyone playing Golden State tonight better play the money line if they take the points off the board. Play the money line if you think they're going to win. And the same in the first half. Are they going to come out, flex, all three going to be crushing it? Golden State by 10, first half. They've been winning by four, the, most of the first halves. So it's going to be interesting. Or my stomach is telling me Toronto wins today. By the initial number, where it's going, not that we follow the public, we feed the public, but it just feels like Toronto's won the first two in the Oracle. They're not, they're not worried about the Oracle. And I think they just attack the rim. They attack the rim. They attack the rim. Kwai is Kwai. Kwai puts in his Kwai at 30, 31, 32. Everyone else does their thing. Uh, t- right now at 218, Pops, I think I'm going to say on radio, I think Toronto wraps it up tonight. There it goes. Cody, Cody was very excited about his Raptors tonight, too. He thinks that they'll wrap it up as well, too. Philly Pete said that he, I think Philly Pete picked the Warriors to, to win this one tonight to go to seven. Me, what I'm going to do here is, and I'm showing some love because my clients are going to jump on this one, too. I'm going to play the over 212, Joe. This is Got to play the over 212. They're going <laughs> to score some points tonight, man. They are going to score some points because... This is the last game at Oracle, right? And Oracle's been known for having some wild and crazy games and games going to 140s and 150s and things like that. They're going to have a shootout in this arena. They're going to have, you know, it's going to be a a straight fire fight. It's going to be a classic. It's going to be an epic game. I can't, I look forward to it. But this is where we're going to make the money at in this game, Jeff. It's not going to be on the scoreboard watching. Yeah, that's great. Picking a winner, yeah, that's great. But this is where we make the money at. Raptors score over 105 for the game, Jeff. That's even money. I'm going to go ahead and circle that for tonight. I'm doing props tonight. And then Raptors score over 51 first half. I'm going to take that at minus 120. Cousins double-double. That's my shot right there. Plus 350. And this should be automatic right here. Everybody should really circle this one. Kawhi Leonard, double-double as well, too. And if you want to be cute, you can go ahead and get Kawhi at 17-1 to 1 tonight to get the um, to get the uh, triple-double. So, there it is. There goes my four prop plays for you right there. What you think about that? Prop with pops. Pops with props. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I, listen, I, I get it. I mean, I love all of them. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, Toronto's just built. They, they're built even if, it, let's just say, the Flash Brothers come out guns are blazing. They haven't been phased down 10, down 12, down 14. They don't blink because uh, they know they have 
the 10-0 run in the back pocket. You know, the last game, game four at the Oracle, Golden State up four at halftime. They're coming into their quarter, the third quarter, and then I think Toronto will score them by 13 or something. So, uh, I, that's why I don't. I have not had this feeling yet in my stomach. And, and, and it's funny because I like to get in and get out. I would love to be right now telling you I'm on that Golden State first half money line. I think they come out guns a blaze. The place is going to be electric. They're going to prove to the world they're not done. And, and you you got 51. So I'll say 61-51 Golden State first half. You know. But that number keeps going down. Remember, I think last week you said it was right around 105. Now you're at a 101 this time, and especially when you got the Toronto at 51, right? So they're, they're, they're basically giving you a 52-51, 53-51 first half game. That's what they're telling you. Right. So, uh, I don't know. It, it just would, you know, be too Hollywood, right? Golden State wins, and then you get the game seven uh, in uh, Toronto for all the marbles. But I will tell you this like the NHL pups, the Blues won the last three games in Boston. Mm. The Blues won the last three games in Boston. And look at who, what Toronto could do tonight win the championship on foreign grounds, winning the last three on the road as well. Mm. Tricky. Tricky, 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 tricky business, man. I'm telling you. Tricky business, boy. I'm telling you, man. Jeff is on to something. I think that everything wrap, might wrap itself up tonight. Toronto plays the spoiler. Because let's go ahead and look at a fun fact for Toronto. They've won their regular season game in Oakland by 20. They won the first game by 19, uh, game three, in the, uh, the finals. I mean, game three in the finals. Game four, they won by 11. So they've won by double digits in Oakland all three times. And this right here kind of plays a big factor into tonight, in my opinion. So everybody who's going to be really heavy on the Raptors, I mean on the Warriors tonight, be buyer beware. That's all I can say is buyer beware. That's what I'm saying. You might as well just watch the scoreboard. And here goes another fun bet for you too, Jeff. This is just one that I'm throwing out there just for the the, the people who, who want to get play the guessing game and think that they know everything. You know, overtime plus eight fifty tonight. Yes, yes. I think overtime happens in this game as well, Jeff. Yes, plus eight fifty. Add that to the prop will and there it is I got the over 212 and I gave you guys the props let me run them through them again we got the over 51 points for the first half we got for the Raptors we score over 51 you can take the Warriors too if you like because they're over 53 as Jeff said and then the over 105 for the uh, Raptors as well too because I'm playing the over 212 and I think that they'll score more than 105 and I do know that the Warriors will probably score more than 107 tonight, too. So, there it is. And then the Cousins double-double at plus 350. And the Leonard double-double at minus 115. And there you go. That's my NBA Finals bets for Game 6 tonight. I can look forward to it. The game starts at 6 p.m. Pacific time. 
final game from the Oracle. Why we keep talking about the Oracle Arena as if it's like the former? Or as if it's like Boston Garden or if it was like Chicago Arena or if the garden closed down. Dude, this is just Oracle Arena. This is like almost like six years overdue for the Warriors, dude. Seriously. <laughs> They've been trying to get out this place, man. And it's, the, it's, the, it's the house that Steph built. Is I mean, that, come on. Man, hey, it's the, it's the, it, Rick Barry was in that house, wasn't he? Yeah, Rick Barry was there, wasn't he, for the opening years. Um, and run TMC, one of my favorites, Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, you know, uh, Mitch Richmond, Laker champion, you know, we got him a championship at the end. Uh, the Billy Owens, yeah, remember old Billy Owens? You know, the list Billy. goes on. Tyrone Hill. There's a lot of great players that play, that, that played on. Uh, well, let let me. I'm using the word great a little bit too 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 uh, too sparingly. There's some good players that played in that building. Was that the the Billy Owens that went to Syracuse? Yes, yeah, the Billy Owens, the can't miss prospect. Billy Owens did all right though. He made some money when he went to Miami. He got some you big pack when he went to Miami. You just hit a great point, okay? The guys that don't become the superstars, in other words, the the sneaker guy, the 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 legacy, the 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 it's not even, you know, hundred million dollars, it's the billionaires now. I'll was it Jay Z, congratulations. Uh uh the point of the matter is but the guys still the Billy Owens of the world and the other guys, they're making a decent living. They're not punching a time clock, time clock at Walmart, you know, making you know fourteen dollars an hour and struggling to worry about if they can, you know, do I keep the lights on or do I uh, go out and get myself, you know, uh, a new front tire or do I leave the donut on another week? These guys still, as you said, they they made a decent living and they're still doing okay. Right. And, you know, they can't talk. And I can't talk for their NFL buddies because there's so many guys in the NFL. As of recently, there's guys that made $30, $40, $50 million in the league, and they literally just on their last toes, missing teeth, all types of stuff. You know, don't make Steve Francis decisions. That's all I can say. He was at one point had the biggest contract in the NBA, but that was because it was an oversell by the – Orlando, who who really robbed themselves, then the Knicks made it even worse because they thought he still had something left, so they took on the contract, and all he literally did was sit on the bench the last two years of his career, and now literally, just y'all seeing it on on the internet, it's a bad situation. Steve Francis is he literally they've forgotten how how awesome of a player he was, and I I, I keep telling people he was uh, DS he was uh, DS uh, J before his um. You know, he was DSJ before DSJ. Literally. Yeah, same same type of situation coming out of Maryland, just like Dennis uh, coming out of North Carolina State. Uh, hopefully, his career doesn't wind up the same way, but that type of play in the NBA is the norm for your point guard now. So, much kudos to Steve Francis for his top of the game play. Now, it is end of his career, not so great, but it happens, it happens, it happens. 
And let's be honest, Allen Iverson's career didn't end as well as any of us would have thought it did. That's why Allen Iverson has kind of a uh when, when it comes to putting them in top fives and things of that nature nowadays. But for the kids, the millennials, of course he's in the two he's of course he's in their top five. But when you really get down to talk about NBA players, he wouldn't be in your group. And seriously, he won't. Because it's all about your longevity in the league to me. Jeff, and if you can dominate the league for 13 to 14, 15 years, awesome. But if you take a, a a big step back from what you were, then it's tough to to judge you and put you in that 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 that, that elite elite group because you elite. But I'm talking about the guys that have their own planets. Those guys, the Kareem's, the Magics, the Larry Birds, the Kobe Bryant's, the LeBrons, the MJ's. You know, those guys. Jerry West, those guys. Bill Russell, those guys. You know? I think today's NBA and today's society, and I'll use Kyrie as the role model, I think they are getting attached themselves onto more business situations, more worried about their brand, and it's really happening, obviously, because of college now. Uh, the sneaker deals a la Zion. Uh, uh, the point is Zion blows out a sneaker. He doesn't get the number one pick. He's not going to New York, but you know he's going to be making 100 mil plus from Nike, right? Kyrie not sitting with the team at game seven of an Eastern Conference final. Why? Because A, his ego hurt, but B, getting his nose job done so he could get ready for, to film his movie, okay? So the point is name brand worried about what's going to happen life after basketball Kyrie perfect example he won't be playing until he's 37 38 there's no way in hell not zero zip and these guys are setting themselves up for life after the sport that they play some of them you know Uh, and uh, it's just I guess how you're wired that's all there's other guys sitting on the benches in the NBA worrying wondering how am I going to attach myself to another team so I can make my three, four, five million for the next couple of years just to, you know, get another paycheck till I'm 38, 39, kicked out of the NBA and then figure out what I'm going to do next. The NFL's got it set up good. If you're pretty or you look good or you can talk well, you can probably jump onto uh, one of the media stations and start collecting paychecks a la Mr. Witten, a la Tony Romo. Right. It's out there. It's out there. It is. It is. All right. With that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up on the NBA. Jeff, you want to join me a little bit for some baseball or you got to go? I actually have to go. Uh, I can give you the, uh, as of right now, I can give you the 130 to 230 again tomorrow if you need me. If you need me. All right. Uh, Sounds good. I got a phone call coming in literally as we hang up, so. All right. Sounds good, brother. Just what you got. I'll go ahead and I'll float the boat um, on the um, baseball right now. Uh, Fun fact, though, just know that four out of the five teams lost in the, um, four out of the five teams yesterday who were the highest bets um, in Major League Baseball lost yesterday. Let's all just note that. And two of them were uh, minus 200. Wow. Well, the, it's a doggy dog world out there, pups. Yeah, man. And it looks like the trend this week, if it's over 80%, go the other way. That's all I can say. And I just wanted to say why Jeff was still here with me. But <laughs> Love you, 
Love it, baby. Love it. All right, man. So, Jeff, thank you so much, brother. It's always a pleasure. This is the Primetime Angles Radio Show with your boy, the Primetime Capper Pop DBIC. And Jeff, the Don of Cape Cod, is signing out. But you guys can go ahead and always follow him on the Twitter at EC Sports Invest. You guys can also go to the top e commerce store, um, which is over at EastCoastSportsInvestors.com. So, you guys go ahead and give that a look. But we will be back in two and two. This is the Primetime Angles Radio Show with your boy, the Primetime Capper, Pop DiBiase. Freedom. Thanks for listening. the tickets on 12 ounce sports radio www.120zsportsradio.com navigate to the event tickets page where based on your geolocation upcoming events will be listed or you can search by your zip code that's event tickets page of 12 ounce sports radio where you'll find a promo code that'll get you a big discount on your first purchase get in the game All right, we are back with the Primetime Angles Radio Show with your boy, the Primetime Capper Pop DiBiase. And I'm going to go ahead and finish up the last 25 minutes or so of this show. Uh, man, it's been a great show. I've had my man, Kelly Jansen, come on in and talk to us. We had Philly Pete come on in and talk to us. And we also just had Jeff leave off with us with the great conversation that we just had all about the Stanley Cup in the NBA Finals. Um, literally, though, Let's go ahead and get down to the business at hand. I know y'all want to hear about what tickets we cash in today, okay? And let's just have a recap from last night. Once again, we went four and two, so that gives us a what? Uh, ten and two uh, mark over the last few days or so. Really, we we're doing a little bit better than that. We're actually like fifteen and um, three over the last few days. We did have the uh, Yankees game go po- get postponed. Um, when it comes to the pick six, but if you guys single what you like, then you 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 you're, you're far ahead. You're up. You're up. You're nice. You're doing real well this week. That's all I can say. And um, yesterday, Red Sox couldn't get us home with the minus one and a half. Uh, they did win their game by one run though. Over nine, Pi- Pirates Brave. That was the trend in that series, the whole series, and what wound up being a very very good uh, bet throughout the whole um, process of this week uh, when it comes to the Pirates and the Braves. Another over nine easily. Astros lost their game yesterday by three to the Brewers um, with Verlander on the mound. But, hey, it is what it is. Just got to deal with it. And then we get the under nine with the D-backs and Phillies, like I joked with Pete earlier. And then we also did get the Tigers home with a one-run win that they got yesterday with the plus 120. And then the Giants capped off everything for us last night with a two-run victory over the uh, Padres winning uh, as a plus one and a half. So we got four out of the six, but we was trying to hit that 51 to one last night, but it is what it is. And funny trend yesterday with uh, baseball games, the Cardinals had 83% of the tickets on them yesterday at minus 175, lost to Miami, wasn't even close. 80% of the tickets were on the Braves yesterday. They wound up, they did wind up beating um, the Pirates yesterday, so they didn't fall under this category. Twins, 
79% of the bets, including myself, I had the one and a half run line. They went ahead and lost that game. Um, man, it sucked seeing them lose that game yesterday, but it is what it is. Um, also, Padres um, came out yesterday, lost two, and as a 70, it looks like they were a... They were actually 76% of the bets, and that's a lot of bets on the Padres. So that meant that a lot of people really don't believe in the Giants. Giants wind up stealing two out of three in that series. So literally, there it goes. 76% of the bets on the Padres, they lost yesterday. And then 71% of the bets on the Astros yesterday, they were also a loser, and it's messed up because I had two of them. And the irony of this situation is like this. It's funny to me because we were talking about, I was like, wow, man, usually in this spot, when the best pitcher is going against the um, a team that they think that they're going to dominate, I usually go with the team that they think that should be getting dominated, you know, because they're probably not going to be getting most of the tickets. It'll probably be an over bet. And I went right after what probably might have been the biggest bet in all of baseball yesterday. I'm talking about where guys just think this is a one-shot kill was a one-and-a-half run line. And I said, damn, I should know better than that. You got to go with the plus side in that type of situation. So once again, make sure you never go away from what really works. But the Twins looked really good, and it's hard to trust a team that's lost literally 40 games since going 13-2. and they've They've lost about 40 games, and they've only won 15. It's terrible. I can't rock I can't rock with that, man. <laughs> but congrats to the Mariners. The Mariners have got me home in other spots this week uh, in in the past few weeks. So it ain't that bad. It ain't that bad. You know what I mean? So literally let's go ahead and get into today's games. Uh I like today's games a lot too. I'm going to keep riding that way with the Diamondbacks. So the Diamondbacks coming into this one. And uh, here we go again. It looks like the over is going to hit once again with the Pirates and the Braves. 6-2 to two as we go going to the um, bottom of, well, we're going into the seventh inning now there, but literally, it's uh, 2-6, what's the over under for today? It's 9.5, they're almost there, two more runs, and it'd be a perfect sweep with overs for this series. Okay, Diamondbacks Nationals today, I do like the Diamondbacks a lot here. They got Zach Greinke going on the mound. He's, he's got his mojo back. He's 82 uh, strikeouts over 14 balls this season. So I like what I see here. He's has a 287 uh, uh, ERA. And then we got Eddie, Eric Fetty coming in. He has a 293 ERA. He's 1-0, uh, 20Ks uh, to 11 balls. So that means that, you know, he's giving up some walks and things like that. And that's something that you have to put into fruition. And you have to understand, the Diamondbacks are one of the uh, best teams when it comes to hitting. They're in, they're in the top 10 in all the major categories, uh, literally, pretty much. Uh, top 10 in batting average, top 10 in runs, top 10 in home runs, top 10 in slugging percentage, and that stuff really matters. And then they're also top 10 in ERA as well, too. I think that this works out very well for a team that's won their last seven out of eight games. Uh, I really, truly feel like they're going to be... Actually, I think they won their last six out of seven games. Let me take that back because they did sweep Toronto. They won two out of three with the... um, Phillies and they did beat the Dodgers right before they got to Toronto. So 
That's four with two guests. So they won their last six out of seven games. That's very, very, that's a very good stat for a team that was saw themselves kind of falling behind after having such a great opening month of the season. So it's not hard to take the Padres right now with the minus one and a half, especially when I'm getting a plus 140 on that bad boy as well, too, for them to go ahead and cast that ticket. So Minus one and a half Diamondbacks. They are uh, minus 125 favorite today in uh, Washington. But I do like them to go ahead and win this game by two or more runs. And so there it is. Diamondbacks. Um, one and a half plus 140. We move on. The finale of this series right here. The Rangers and the Red Sox. They've been going at it uh, pretty good with the uh, Rangers winning the first two games of the series. So right now, the... Red Sox are trying to get the split here. They did eke out a win yesterday. Um, so this one right here is saying that David Price should dominate. David Price comes in 4-2, 270 ERA, 69 Ks over 14 walks uh, compared to Adrian Sampson, who's 372 ERA, uh, 53 strikeouts over 14 bases on balls himself. This is calling for the game to be a heavy, heavy bet under in my opinion. But usually when it's a heavy bet going under, I'm going to go to the other side and I'm going to take the over here. I think that the over is going to be a hitting bet here. Both these teams hit the ball pretty well. You know, it's lefty and it looks like it's um, a lefty here. So, you know, the Rangers have always done well against lefties. Uh, and uh, they've, they've had their fair share against David Price as well too. So this one isn't hard to uh, pick up on. I do like the uh, over nine here. I think that this is the strong bet in this spot, and I really do like it, and that's what I'm going to take here. So we are going to go under nine for the for we're going to go under nine for this game right here, which is the Rangers Red Sox live from Fenway Park. All right, and then we got another good good one here. We have. A team coming in is a nice little dog for me today. And that's going to be the Angels, plus 130. The Angels seem to be playing much better baseball. They uh, did win their last two in a row uh, against the Dodgers, who were one of the best teams, who, who has one of the best, who is tied for the best record in the MLB. They've won their last three out of five games, while Tampa Bay's lost their last three out of five games. I know that stat really doesn't mean much when it comes to this matchup, but seriously, I think that they have jumped on the Rays on the right day. The Rays actually are coming in with uh, Ryan Yarborough, who's uh, 5.31 ERA, 30 strikes over eight balls, but he's 5-2, and two, but it shows that he can get hit a little bit as well. Tyler Skaggs, who's one of the better pitchers for the Angels, even though he's only 4-6 and six with a 4.97 ERA, he's proven to be, you know, pretty decent in most games so pretty much i'm gonna go ahead and take the angels with the upset today with the plus 130 i think that they're due to get this win today they're doing pretty uh they're they're doing much better than they did when they started even though it's a real big long shot for them to make the playoffs they are getting better as a total unit the pitching staff is starting to catch up a little bit with the hitters so i like that one i like it a lot i'm taking plus 130 on the angels and i've rarely taken the angels this season in bets i know i was doing them a lot early in the season but it's just you got to pick your spots with the angels man they were really good to get us to under the last few days and everything like that but this time around you just got to tell yourself all right 
Trust them. They should get their third win in a row. Angels it is, plus 130. All right, Tigers, Royals. This game is going to be played in Omaha today as well, too. Crazy, I know. But the game will be played in Omaha. I don't know what's going on in Kansas City. I need to read more into that. But the game is going to be done at a neutral territory at Ameritrade Park. And I am going to go ahead. And um, I'm thinking this is for the... um, yeah, it's a it's an ode to the College World Series. That's why they're playing it. And so it's like the Hall of Fame game, somewhat, and they're just playing the college. They're playing the college game before the college game. And wow, it's going to be the first ever MLB game played in the state of Nebraska. Unbelievable, unbelievable. But hey, it is what it is. You would have thought they would have had a team in Omaha way, way back in the day. Almost Omaha was considerably like. Kind of like a mid big city back, 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 back in the day. But, you know, right here, it's an ESPN game as well, too. But I'm going to go ahead and take the under eight and a half. I like that because I think that this is a, a smaller ballpark. Both teams know that it's more of a relaxation game and pageantry game in a sense. They're going to try to have some really good fundamentals. But I think pitching is going to be key here as well. I know it's tough to talk about with two teams that are very lowly in the MLB right now. They're not even middling. They're bottom of the barrel. Tigers and the Royals It's really tough to pick a winner here. So I'm going to go ahead and take the under eight and a half. Homer Bailey, I know that Homer Bailey gets hit, but I think that he's going to be a little bit better today in the uh, friendly confines of Omaha. Matthew Boyd, who's kind of the best pitcher on the Tigers staff, not named Zimmerman. And he's and has 105 uh, strikeouts already this season to 15 uh, walks. So that's uh, so that tells me in my in itself that this game should go under. The Tigers don't score a lot of runs, and the Royals don't score a lot of runs. So I really do feel like this game is going to go under because the last two games of the series didn't even go over five tonight. I don't see that happening as well either. So there it is, under nine, under eight and a half. And this is for the Royals and the Tigers. All right. And here we go. We got we got a few more to go. Uh, we got the White Sox coming in tonight. White Sox. Love it. Plus one and a half. White Sox are playing the Yankees. Um, I call it New Kaminsky, but it's guaranteed rate field. That's a horrible name for a stadium. Guaranteed rate. Guaranteed, they must have gave them millions of dollars for that. Okay, the White Sox have won their last three out of five. The Yankees have won or two and two in their last four. They did have a game rain out last week. Um, so I'm looking at it with this right here. I see that the Yanks. Well, actually, I'm so sorry. It looks like. Um, okay. This is weird. The Yankees schedule. But it, I see two two for two. And then the White Sox won their last three out of five. They weren't playing against much, though. They were playing against the Royals. And they were playing against the Nats. And they got blown away by the Nats in the first game. They made a great comeback in the second game. So, you know, it, it, and we're able to get the over there. So, it was really good. 
because we did have that bet in that game. But I like the White Sox tonight with the plus one and a half. I know that they got Ivan Nova on the mound going against Jay Happ. Ivan Nova was on the Yankees. He's a part of the team. I think when they won the World Series as well, he was actually considered a future ace. You know, so, you know, there's a little bit of a revenge tactic there for Ivan, you know, just thinking about playing your old team and everything like that. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take uh, Ivan Nova to um, – help out help us out tonight i'm not going to take the white Sox to win the game but i will take the plus one and a half for them to keep it close and uh they are at plus one and uh 105 for that as well it's just tough to trust j.a hap j.a hap is a decent pitcher but he does have days where he just gets blown up and today might be the day but i really do like the white Sox with the plus one and a half and that's what i'm sticking with here so there it is plus one and a half on the white Sox. All right, and then we're going to end it with the Padres-Rockies game, and I'm going to go ahead and circle the Rockies for this game at the minus 155. That's what I have them at, and I think that the Rockies are going to go ahead and keep punching on that wounded uh, duck with the uh, Padres. Padres are struggling right now. The bullpen's not able to hold anything up for them, so I'm going to go ahead and take the um, – Rockies with the minus 155. This is going to give us a primetime pick six for 73 to one. So, wow, that's a big number right there. Hopefully, we can go ahead and cast that ticket out. All right. Now, that's enough with baseball right there. Let me get into the WNBA real quick tonight. We got the Fever at the Wings. Uh, okay, Dallas has not been playing very well this season. The Fever are actually a better team this year than they've been in past seasons. Um, Dallas is struggling though right now. Dallas is coming into this game still winless, 0-4. Uh, they didn't really come close to anything in their last game. They lost by 24 to a tough Mystics team. Then you got the Fever coming in. Three and three. They've played six games already this season. So they might be a little little getting a little tired. They've lost their last two in a row, but that was against two very good teams from the West, being the Phoenix Mercury and one being the Seattle Storm. They've already beaten Dallas by 15 this season. Dallas has seen that not seems to be going through it real uh this season without Cambich. And then I'm thinking that um something must be going on with um Skyler um, at this point because wasn't she pregnant? Is she having a baby or something like that? Yeah, Skyler's not in right now. She's not. She's on. She's not in. So it's very. It's kind of affecting them a little bit. They don't have their players up to par. Glory Johnson is not playing. Glory Johnson basketball at this point. She'll step it up, but she's only averaging eight points right now. Um, but she's getting better. She scored fifteen. Um, against the Mystics last game out. I think that she should be better tonight. I'm going to go ahead and take the Wings to get their first victory of the season because I know a lot of people are going to go ahead and bet the Fever because they don't believe in anything the Wings got going right now. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Wings tonight um, with the plus 120 money line. So there it is for my WNBA play. Now let's go ahead. You know I got to talk about the NFL all the time, like every day on this show, because we're getting ourselves ready. We're like three months out from kickoff, all that good stuff. <laughs> so, literally, what we're going to do here is I'm going to talk about 
the rookie of the offensive rookie of the year odds and the defensive rookie of the year odds. Kyler Murray comes in number one plus 225 just because he's the number one pick in the draft and everybody kind of wants to be right on this thing because he's seen as the most talented player in the draft. That's why he was picked number one by the Cardinals and that's why they went ahead and shape-shifted their their quarterback position, their coaching position once again to complement each other. I don't know what they think they're going to do, but they're going to be in mediocrity for the next 10 years. Luckily, if they do any, if they make any noise, it's going to be simply because Larry Fitzgerald is going to still be a great, uh, still be a feasible player out there. I don't know. I would do uh, Larry Fitzgerald the favor and go ahead and trade him now. Free up some money for later on down the road. Dwayne Haskins, this is my favorite right here. I love this uh, value on Dwayne Haskins right now, 7-1. to one. I think that he's going to blossom very well with the uh, Redskins. They have some pretty gritty, uh, underrated receivers. Then they have a very good run game going with uh, – they, they got a, a good depth when it comes to running back, but specifically led by um, Adrian Peterson. But that's going to be the key that's going to get Haskins – to the uh, offensive rookie of the year if he's able to win that award and get those guys to where they need to really, 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 really be, you know, uh, moving forward and everything like that. Don't think the Skins don't have a chance at winning the NFC East. That division is wide open. Even the lowly Giants have a chance to win that because they don't have Beckham there to distract anybody anymore. Then you got Josh Jacobs. Plus 900 Raiders. He should be getting a good. He should be getting a good 15, 20 uh, touches a game. I think that he'll be used as a primary back with the Raiders as the season goes along. So he'll probably be a better fantasy player than jumping on him for rookie of the year. But the nine to one is really good on that as well too. Then you got Marquise Brown, who was dynamite out uh, at Oklahoma. Kyler Murray's favorite receiver. Shit, one of um. Baker Mayfield's favorite receivers. He comes in at 10 to 1. He's playing for the Ravens, and he should be a good target for Lamar, who literally will be picking up where Kyler Murray left off at for Marquise, being a mobile quarterback and everything like that. So Marquise probably already knows exactly what to do when it comes to playing with uh, Lamar, with the Lamar Jackson. So there it is. I'm going to go ahead and circle this. Um, I'm going to circle this one too as my second favorite. Um, pick Marquise Brown should be really good and then Drew Locke is the third quarterback on the list he should be getting some playing time with the Broncos maybe by week six it all depends though Flacco might have a a a Peyton Manning type uh impact on the Ravens this season so it might make it a little bit more difficult for them to move forward and be exactly what you expect them to be but I think though at the end of the day this one's going to wind up being, um, you know, Joe Flacco's team to run most of the season. But if anything, you'll see this guy, Drew Locke, by week six or so if they tend to struggle with the Broncos. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Broncos are in good shape when it comes to who's starting at uh, the quarterback position. But Drew Locke could easily go ahead and outshine him in preseason and we've seen it before where rookies do so well in preseason that you can't deny him as the starting quarterback you know how it goes guys and then we got the nfl defensive rookie of the year i think this one is a mixed bag i really don't know if any of these five guys i put on the list will be the defensive rookie of the year i got a feeling that it's going to be a guy who wasn't picked in the first round that wins this award so i'm gonna go through it real quick i got about three minutes left we got nick bosa plus 700 then we got a 
for the 49ers. Then we got Devin Bush, uh, linebacker, plus 800 for the Steelers. Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle, who was an absolute monster at Bama for the Jets at uh, 9-1. Then Ed Oliver is probably the one that I'll circle out this group because I think that he's going to have a monster, monster season. At one point, he was seen as the number one pick in the draft. Had a little couple little issues at the end of the year, but he could have been a top 10 pick the uh, season prior. He decided to stay back, get his degree, you know, and finish up uh, what they what they started over at uh, Houston University. So I like Ed Oliver a lot because his commitment and that he'll be all into this for this team. And Buffalo seems to always hit very well when it comes to drafting defense alignment. So I like it. I like it a lot. And Oliver, uh, 12-1. Then Cleveland Farrell. This is going to be the um, Raiders' uh, top pick, who was pick number four in the draft. He's 16-1 to win the um, defensive rookie of the year. He's coming in as defensive end. They're looking at him to somewhat replace... um, Leo Mack, no, that player is irreplaceable, but hey, they can try. So that's 16 to 1 right there. And so this is a pretty good group. Kyler Murray plus 225. Haskins plus. 7 to 1. You got Josh Jacobs, 9 to 1. Barquise Brown, 10 to 1. Drew Locke, 12 to 1. For your offensive rookie of the year odds, Bosa, 7 to 1. Bush, 8 to 1. Quentin Williams, 9 to 1. Ed Oliver, 12 to 1. Farrell is 16 to 1. So I just gave it to you guys twice. These are five names that you guys should look at. Circle, see what you guys can do. Make some money off of that, okay? So with that, we are coming down to the final 50 seconds of the show. I would like to go ahead and send a big shout out to the sponsor one more time, Twinspires.com. Thank you once again for uh, sponsoring this show and many more shows on the station as well, too. Coming up next is H-Town Sports. You guys make sure to enjoy that. It's always a great show. They always got great guests on there as well, too. But all in all, you guys make sure to keep following the movement because the movement is moving. I will let you guys know early uh, tomorrow morning if we will be getting a show in because I may have to uh, be uh, on my way to Las Vegas. I'm tr- Hopefully, we'll make it for the Fury Sports weigh-in. And I'll have some more uh, pre-fight, post-fight stuff for you guys as well, too. So be on the lookout for that. But with that, this is the Primetime Angles Radio Show with your boy, the Primetime Capper Pop DiBiase, signing out.